Yeah, welcome to another episode of Ben Frank. I'm your host, Frank, and I'm with... I'm Amelia. Yeah, you can't hear Amelia too good right now. She's back in the background. Hey, I hope everybody's doing good today. Got a, um, got a special show on tap. A real good show. Um, if you've been following me on Facebook, you know we have... Um, Today's Monday, and we have Senya, and we have Mr. Robert Prisco. If you're listening right now, we are on Zoom. We also can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Once again, this is Ben Frank, Ben Frank. Now, you can also hit us up on iTunes. I'm going to repeat it again, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you got any questions, feel free to send an email to benfranknow911 at gmail.com. That's benfranknow. 911 at gmail.com. Also visit us on Facebook at Ben Frank. That is Ben Frank now. And also find us on Instagram, or as the kids would call it, the gram. Is that right, Amelia? Yeah. <laughs> Dale. Okay. I see you're feeding your face back. You're eating pizza, so it is what it is, though. Hey, but, it's dinner time in Arizona. Yeah, Leave me alone. Yes, yes, I understand. But hey, you know what though? I'm a kind of, I'm a very excited with this crew today, you know. Um we also have Miss Precious Smith. We're gonna talk about her later on off air, but um she's gonna be joining us next week on your women's show, Amelia. Oh, awesome. Yeah, a good deal. Yeah, I, I hope if she's anything like Senya, ooh, we bet it's going to be lit. So it's going to be <laughs> all good. Good conversation, yeah. huh? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, without further ado, you know, let me go ahead and um, start unmuting people. Um, let's go ahead and unmute Miss Precious Smith. So you're unmuted also. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and talk also. What's good? What's good? What's yeah, good? Yeah, let's go ahead and bring Senya in. How you doing, Miss Senya? <laughs> Can you hear me, Senior? What's going on, my brother of another mother? <laughs> What's good? That's Senior. Senior. Those who can watch this, you see, I put my hair up for this. <laughs> there you I go. Like making it out like it's about to be a prize fight. <laughs> I had to put my hair up, take my earrings out, get ready for this. There we go. And we got. How mi- are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. And we got Mr. Robert O'Prisco. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing fine, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Man, I appreciate that, man. You, trust me, it's an honor. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your life to let me in. You know, I really am. And Miss Precious Smith, how are you doing tonight? I am absolutely amazing. Um, I'm not sure what to expect, but I'm pretty excited. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm putting here, you know, you're on. So, you know, hit the button, talk to you, you know, just talk. You know, that's all about, you know, we're all family here tonight. Doesn't matter anything, you know, everything go. We're all families, all love. So it is what it is. But let me give you guys um a little more in depth. Robert and I, we go back to seventh grade. Is that Sarah Scott? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go back mm-hmm. to middle school. Sarah Scott. Yeah, 1990, oh, yeah. 1993. Um, great guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> great guy. So, look. Without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce yourself and tell, you know, tell me a little about yourself now, since we're, what, 40 years old plus or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am at least. Um, I'm 40. I'm 40. So uh, my name is Dr. Robert O'Prisco. And uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Doctor. Say that again. Yeah. yeah. My name is Dr. Robert O'Prisco. I got my PhD from Purdue University in 2011. Yes, sir. Uh, 
uh, two master's degrees. I've written a couple of books and a lot of articles. Um, and so my specialty is in the, uh, the practices of value judgment and association that bring people together and rip them apart. Wow. That's impressive. We're, we're, we're going to need yeah. that. Yeah, we're going to need that. We're going to need that. So uh, how many, um, how many kids and how's life treating you, Robert? Uh, life is, life is not too terrible. So I'm wearing glasses because I got pink eye somehow, even though it's COVID and I've only gone out once a week for the past three months. Um, and I, I miss the gym so much that uh, you can probably see some boxes back there. Yeah. My home gym finally arrived after, you know, months on a wait list. So, uh, I might be able to, to get back into the swing of things finally. Heck yeah. Um, but, but life is good. One, one kid, one wife, they're both asleep in, uh, in the, the adult bed. And, uh, and that's my kid's bed right there, which you can see. And uh, we've got one on the way. Oh, congratulations, man. Congratulations, man. Hell yeah. Due on Labor Day, appropriately. Labor Day. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. Ooh, wait, you ain't get no sleep, are you? No. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Not a bit. Hell yeah. Good deal, man. We'll be asked. We'll be talking more later. Uh, Miss Senia, go ahead. What's good? What's good, my brother of another mother? How are you doing? I'm good. Go and introduce yourself. Let everybody know a little about yeah. you. Yeah. My name is Senia Sanfrey. Yes, my man. resume is not as <laughs> impressive as Dr. Dr. Opresco. But uh, we go back a long ways, back uh, when my family um, relocated my sisters and I back to the U.S. We came to Terre Haute South, and that's why I came to know you guys. And just watching you and your beautiful family, Rob, same for you. Just first of all, this man did not add that he can cook. Really? To his list of things. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't just cook. Like, he's talking about like stuff or you specifically need like a cast iron skillet it's going to take like six hours <laughs> mm-hmm. and three virgins just to complete the meal <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this I love man it. can cook um, I also it. i just want to say in the same sense that my sorrow or my sis there you go um, she could cook too okay she could cook too okay. um i haven't had the opportunity to try her cooking but um, when she puts her videos out, I lick my phone daily. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yes. Uh, so if nobody has figured it out yet, yes. Uh, this is Sam Unfilter After Dark. Okay. Yes, it's going to be fun. Um, I am absolutely honored uh, that you wanted me to be on the show uh, as much as you did. Um, like, I swear to goodness, uh, the excitement that you had when you called me up, I was just like, good Lord, what yeah. did I do wrong? <laughs> Like, so you just want me to come out here and be a whole fool. Um, I had to pray over it because I want to stay in the right spirit. But anybody who knows me knows that I am passionate about what I believe in. And at the core of everything that I believe in, I believe in people. And I believe in people's right to exist and be happy and sane. And um, in this season, that's the church girl in me, in this season, I am over the nonsense that keeps people dying in the pews while still living and paying tithes. Y'all got the right one. So we're going to address all of that. We're going to talk about growing up in Terre Haute, uh, going to college and 
having part of my orientation let me know that uh, once I crossed that bridge into West Terre Haute, I wasn't supposed to stop until I got into the safety of our gates because there were so many racists in that town. So uh, we're going to hit it all today. There we go. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that is Senior right there, a.k.a. Sam. Well, Miss Precious Smith, would you like to introduce yourself? Come on. Um, sure. Um, I am a member of Five New Kappa Sorority Incorporated. I represent everywhere I go. There you go. But I'm also a um I'm also a mom. I'm a teacher. Oh. I of course I'm I'm not gonna say I have all the PhDs and such, right. but I do have a pair of master's <laughs> degrees and you know, I teach special education Thank and you. love the kids. Thank and you, you know, you. my hope in life is you know, the kids have to the kids have to be able to live their best life. And we should not, we should not be like, as adults, we shouldn't force them to live a life that they're not comfortable with. So that's not our job. Our job is to create a space for them to be themselves. And I'm a firm believer in that. So I've been doing a lot of advocating and protesting here lately for the kids to be able to live their best life. So that's about it. I, we got a spot for you. Oh, we need, yeah, we need you. Amelia, <laughs> we need her, don't we? Yeah. That's my homie. Yeah. Yep. We That's need her. Homie. Do we need. As she's talking, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Amelia's <laughs> in social work and, yeah, we That's need you. So, Miss, right uh, yeah, Miss Smith, we need you for real. We need to, um, we're going to talk. I'm, you're not going to talk. <laughs> okay. So, Amelia, thank you for bringing her on. You know, we, that was smart. I like this. She's the only person I invited. Like, I know she's going to come with it. Yes. And um, I know she's going to come with it. I respect that's, that. That's my rider right there. That, that's, that's, be- yeah. I love Man, it. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into it. You know, first and foremost, like I said, this is a platform for everybody to speak. You know what I'm saying? So tonight, I'm going to step back and let you guys do all the talking, you know, and that's okay. I'm going to sit back and, um, I mean, I'm going to sit back in the audience and, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear, educate me, educate the audience, you know, <laughs> educate me, educate the audience and everything, you know, and um, I'm very intrigued to know about where you see your, where you see yourself in today's culture, you know, where you see yourself in today's environment. I'm very interested to know more about that. Um, before we start, I want to say thank you guys, you know, thank you for coming on once again. Thank you for coming on the being Frank now show for taking time to, um, to let me be part of your life. You know, all three of y'all. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm happy. Um, I, it just means a lot. You know, I haven't talked to you guys in what, 20 years. It's been over 20 years since we actually had a conversation. <laughs> 20 years, you know, Give or yeah. take a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes. Um, Robert, um, <laughs> like I said, I've been impressed by you. Um, but my question is, why the hell you never play football? You're what, six four, six three, six four. I'm six five, six six sometimes. So it just depends. If I was so yeah. You're yeah, a good was, size kid. Uh, at my tallest, at my tallest, I was six foot three. Uh, before I I decided to to uh, help my mother in law out by removing some bushes from a property, uh, and I did it without a shovel because I'm an idiot, uh, and then uh, hurt my back, and that's a thing. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I wish I had played football when I was a kid. It was something that I was interested in, but, um, I grew up as I think a lot of people in Terre Haute did without a father and, uh, only a mother. And my mother was uh, not interested in being a parent. And so, and so, um, I really was raised for the most part by an aunt 
who was a librarian and prior to that was going to be a nun. But uh, when I was just days old, uh, my parents got arrested for cattle rustling and uh, uh, fraud. Uh, long story. And so my aunt kind of stepped in to take care of us. Hold and on. that meant got that a, she couldn't be a nun. Got arrested for what? Uh, cattle rustling and bankruptcy fraud. Oh, wow. And Sarah Hope? Uh, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Oh, Eau Claire. Okay. I ran through there. My train ran yeah. through there. Go, yeah. I okay, need to go, go to ahead. Google. <laughs> yeah. EAU. I know how to spell yeah, Eau Claire. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, and so I think I was 19 days old. And so I got shipped off to an aunt and uncle in Colorado and then got shipped to Terre Haute to be with uh, my, my formerly going to be a nun, currently librarian aunt. And that was that. Was that. And, uh, and so uh, being raised solely by one woman who cared and was completely against, you know, violence and, you know, the rough and tumble, uh, there was no support for that. There was no support for team sports or anything like that. And, uh, and we were poor. And so it was one of those things where they weren't going to support me uh, going and doing all the practices and getting the equipment and learning, learning the ropes. And so it just wasn't feasible. Ain't that that kind of hurts me right now because I wish I reached out to you. Like I mean that I wish I knew what I know now, I, and it's high size twenty twenty. I know that, and I wish because you and I crossed paths so many times. Like I said, we grew up together. I remember us mm-hmm. in math class. I remember talking to you. I remember it was all of us. I remember we were just talking, and um, and this is seventh grade, man. And I was like, damn, this kid is a good size kid. Why is he not playing football? I remember you had a brother too, right? <laughs> Yeah, but brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And y'all, I always thought y'all were twins. That was just, you know, I thought you got, he was two grades older than us, right? Two, yeah, two grades. He was one grade older. Than okay, us. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So, but he and I, he and I were both in Miss Hutter's class at the same time, which was funny. <laughs> yeah. Give it up for the Hutter. Yes, yes. Give mm-hmm. it up for the Hutter. And, Miss um, Hutter kept us all safe. Oh in yeah, school. oh yeah, Robert. Man, um, I respect you, man. You know, and I feel bad because I. um I wish I would have came to you, put my arms around you, and just brought you along with my little group of friends I was hanging with, you know, because um, there's a lot of kids nowadays that are in your position, and I hope they are listening. If not, their parents are listening, and they can go ahead and um, tell them kids about people like you that you can overcome, because to me, you're like what the quote-unquote american dream is you know wherever the hell you know what i'm saying that's that american dream lifestyle. <laughs> but you can't i mean i hate to say that but oh, you, yeah. you came from it's like you you came from a system that you were probably real close to being part of the system you know being part of the uh, oh 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 i mean i was in the system like it was um in how to put this i grew up in the projects on um oh fuck was it pardon me no you're um, fine you're fine it's all costing you're good 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 yeah uh I don't even remember the name, but it was, it was the, the low street. So, uh, like, you know how there's third street kind of intersects North South, uh, the, the projects Mar- west Mar- of that, but Mar- not quite West Terrible. Margaret Avenue, Mar- uh, Margaret, you're talking about the projects over on Margaret? No, it's like Nob, Noblar or Knock, Knockblar or something yeah. like that. Oh but, yeah, um, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. And so we grew up there. Um, and then we moved. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it, it was, uh, you know, when you grow up in the projects, you grow up in the projects, right? Yes, sir. I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and so we, we got out of there. 
I think when I was five or six. Mm-hmm. And um, we found an apartment that was pretty nice. And um, uh, that got us to Farrington Grove. Yep. And, and Farrington Grove was new at that time. And so uh, it was a really uh, safe area. A lot of cops uh, lived in the area. Yep. And so people didn't mess with you. You could walk around. Um, we had good neighbors, which was good because, like I said, my mom really didn't care to be a mom. Yep. Um, and so it was, it was one of those things. And, and so I want to, I want to say, I appreciate you. And I thank you for, uh, the hindsight and, and, and all that. And I think that's a sign of a really good man and, and, a, a, a kind individual, but don't, don't feel any bad about this, man. We were, we were kids. Yeah, I know. But... You know, and I think that that's, I mean, that's the thing is right now we're looking through eyes that have seen the world, you know? Yes, yes, correct. And and I think that's what's really interesting about today is that there's a lot of people who haven't grown with their experiences, yeah. right? There's a lot of people who look at the way in which the world has, has turned and they reject the evolution, they reject the experience, and they reject the truth because their illusion is so precious to them. Mm, mm, mm. True. Wow. That is true. I, I will still feel bad, but in a good way, you know, but, um, I'm glad that we can all up. I, I, all up. Yeah. I'm, I, I am grateful that we can reconnect at this age. And like you said, we've seen things mm-hmm. through a whole new lens and plus we've seen the world. So yeah. I appreciate it, man. You and I going to be in touch a lot more, you know, and I appreciate you good. coming in tonight. So thank you for your time, bro. Really. Thank you for your time. Anytime. And see Anytime. ya. And see ya. You know what? Yeah. Sure. Frank, oh, do I, I call, is, to, it, is it Sam or Senior? Which one? Which I'm used to call okay, you Senior. So, so which one you gonna call you? So Sam came up from when I was in basic training, and I was in so much trouble, like <laughs> possibly all the time. And they got tired of saying PLC Sam Foray. They were like, Sam, that's the person who knows <laughs> my last name, and that's how it came about. But I'm trying to feed off of something off of what Robert said. Okay. So okay. Can we just go ahead and let Precious? Because I want to write. Look, I got my little yellow pad yeah, yeah, right yeah, here. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Precious, go ahead and do your spill, and I want to finish writing. I want to make sure I get everything in. There you go. Go ahead, Miss Precious Smith. Well, um, first, let me say, like, it's it's really interesting to me to hear Robert's story because it's like people assume. And people grow up thinking that, you know, okay, this is a, not saying that you are white, not sure, just looking on the outside, looking in, you look white. So just saying when white people grow up, they feel like white people don't grow up with struggles. Mm. And they feel like, (laughs) and think that white people don't have those issues. Because as I was hearing Mm. your story, I think back to me growing up and like, my mom and my dad were like all sports supporters. They were, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was in life that I wanted to do, they were going to make it happen regardless of what it was. Like my junior year of high school, I was like, mom, I'm going on the senior trip. And she was like, you're not a senior. I was like, but I want you to pay for it. And she did. So, <laughs> you know, those types of things. So to hear you say that this is what you came from, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, look at here. Not saying that I don't know that white people have struggles too, but they're not as forthcoming and as open with those struggles as you were tonight. And yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. Yes. 
I really appreciate that. Yes. yes. Anytime. Yes. Anytime. Yes. Yes. Miss Smith, it, you know, um, you want to talk a little bit more in depth about you? Well, I can. <laughs> um, you know, on well, I'm part of the LGBTQ plus the LGBTQ LGBTQ two plus yeah. community. What's the two? Um, What's the two? I briefly What's... added two spirit. It's two spirit. Um, two spirit is a Native American term, and only Native American people can be two spirit. It's the balance of masculine and feminine energy. So they're male, female. They're not either or. So they're two spirit, hmm. and they're oftentimes left out of that spectrum. And so I have a I have a frat who's um, who's two spirit. And so it's very important to me that I recognize that. Hey, frat, I see you. So I recognize that too in there. Anytime I say the the spectrum, yeah. because it's important to me that that's represented. Who just learned something? Yeah, yes, yes, I'm yes. a teacher. Yes. I'm a teacher. Yes. Just learned something. That's yes. the one right there. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So, wow. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I actually, I actually do a, a Zoom, if you will. We do a Zoom meeting every Thursday, um, and it is it's all members of the LGBTQ two plus, and we're all. Um, um, I have a frat who's Native American, but everyone else is pretty much African American, and we go through and we talk about LGBTQ two plus issues that are within our own communities. So we kind of, we kind of like black people addressing black people problems that other black people don't want to address. Yes, ma'am. So we do that every Thursday. Wow. Wow. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Wow. You're impressive. You, you're impressive. Then you just had to fix her hair for that one. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole new game. <laughs> Let me just put my earrings back on. All right, all right, Celia. Now, hey, Celia, the floor is oh, your. Hey, God. the floor is yours. But you know what, though, you brought me a treasure. You really did. You brought me somebody tonight, and welcome, I appreciate oh, that. So. I don't mess with no dummies. Oh, yeah. I, don't I don't mess. I'm gonna say that real quick, and I'll say it again. I'm trying to work. Yep. I'm being a good girl. I know everybody's like, oh, <laughs> what is Sam going to say? And no. that's why I'm here. But <laughs> I am trying to be a good girl. So I'm going to try to curb and not let too many explicits come in. No. Because you... I only do. I represent uh, my family. Okay. I represent my apostle yep. who I serve as an adjutant in the church. And I represent God. Uh, I'm a church girl and I am not ashamed of it. There you go. Um and so that's why I said earlier that I needed to pause because I was reading something off of Robert. Uh, I will say this for you and Robert. Um, we all go through experiences in our life for a reason. Okay. Um, yeah. Everything is a process. And that's why a lot of people struggle. That process, they're like, okay, whoever you want to believe in or whoever you want to call out to or whatever you want to say, it's just life throwing some stuff my way. Like my lights got turned off. My water got turned off. My ex left. My ex is like out there with my, um, with my other ex or whatever, like, <laughs> okay, life, like when can I catch a break? Right. Like when can I catch this promotion? Let me tell you something for all those. And I, and like, I definitely want to be authentically me which is unashamed, I unapologetically black, 
unapologetically Christian, unapologetically first and foremost gay and Christian. Um, and I cannot be that extra person of, okay, what, how many years? Okay. Two days ago, <laughs> two days ago when I wanted to read somebody and, and then try to speak life into somebody, I hope that when people hear this particular podcast, uh, for you, Frank, I hope it brings in the ratings and the numbers that you deserve because I know your heart. I knew your heart back when we were in high school. Um, you're a good man and you have sure. great intentions. So yes, I, do. I don't remember us bumping heads. No, it was, it was me being a I just remember you being a good man across the board. And to this day, I still hold the same respect. Um, but we all went through a process. Yes, ma'am. We all went through a process for a reason. We went through this process because somebody else was going to be following behind us and they were going to experience the same things that you were going to experience. And if mm -hmm. you learn the lessons that whomever you want to call on, I'm just going to be myself. If you learn the lessons that God is trying to teach you as you go through that process, you can be able to reach back and pull somebody else through so they don't mm. have to experience the pain mm -hmm. and the hurt that you went through. So you never receive more than what you can handle. You were purposely created in this season for a reason to go through this process because he knew when you were created that you would be able to handle it. So now that you've experienced it, Frank, now that you've watched it and now that you can look back, hindsight 2020, now you can look back. You two gentlemen have the opportunity to reach out to other folks that you see are walking down that same path and help them overcome the mm -hmm. hurdles that you already know that's coming their way. And that is a beautiful thing. So no, you don't have to apologize. You can apologize because you're a good man and you have a beautiful heart, but don't apologize because you went through what you needed to go through. Robert, you went through what you went, went through because there was a reason behind it. And most importantly, you're still here today. There we go. Yeah. So with everything yeah. like you at you, sir, you're still here. So, I love the fact that you have never, ever proclaimed yourself to be a victim, that you were a victim of the system or piss poor. I, I, could, I had to let that one slide. No, you're fine. Let it out. Let <laughs> piss it out. poor parenting or whatever. Um, you're a survivor. Yeah, you yeah. are a living, breathing testimony. You're a living, breathing testimony. With and that PhD. is a beautiful thing. Oh, don't I, forget that. I am honored that I am here. Huh? With the PhD. Don't forget with the PhD. With <laughs> yeah, the PhD. Your living, breathing testimony with the PhD. You know and <laughs> you have the uh, you have the knowledge. And that's one that's the reason why I specifically asked that if I could be on this show, I could be on it with you. Because where I can come with emotions and feelings, you come with the numbers and the facts that cannot be argued with and you fill that, that, in the that's very kind yeah like, like <laughs> sir so you're the truth yeah you you're are. the truth yeah. whoa, whoa. you are the truth and sure, I need you to sure, embrace but... that yeah 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 <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't take it he still can't take a compliment well <laughs> sir you know I was, what I was just gonna say is, is is that I, I think that um we are all motivated differently 
you know, to, to get through these struggles, to make it through the process like you're talking about. And part of my adventure has been um, moving from a, a conflict uh, embracing environment where uh, it's, you know, you against the world, everything is battle and you like all of them. Right. And, uh, and I mean, that's, that's how I got to where I was. I mean, um, and, and I mean, you, you grow up and you get, you get older and you're like, all right, well, I can't, I can't be in every fight because now I'm dragging family into it. Yes. You know, yes. but, yeah. but my first book was written out of hate, <laughs> absolute hate. Pause. Let's just let's reiterate because he just slid that in. Yeah, he did. He wrote his uh, first, first. Yeah, book, first, I, yes, I caught that. Yes. First book. Yes. My first book, so, Rob. How many books are out there? Yeah, plug it in. Um. So there's 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 one monograph, which means one book that I wrote all by myself. <laughs> there's two two edited books um, that uh, I've got chapters in. And then I spearheaded two textbooks that we gave out for free to oh, the planet. Oh, that's three, four. You know what? No, I, he, I love this panel. He said five. Five. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, he said, sir. He because five. he said textbooks. He five books. Textbooks is what he said. Those are, you know, we yeah. use those for reference in school. <laughs> those are references. That's right. Yeah. 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 Like, well, well, I mean, like, I like how for this, so... I I believe that we rise and fall together. Yes. Mm. And um, and you talk about going back and pulling people in with you. Proud of your show, but this is a beautiful thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, what's going on? Is there's a lagging? All right, go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, yeah, there was just lag there. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I was Somebody saying step that. Back. I got it. <laughs> Um, Everybody pause for like a minute. Yeah, that, that was you, Senya. Um, Sorry. We love you. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that we rise and fall together, right? And so when you see when you see stuff happening that doesn't make sense, or if you see a, uh, a system that's broken, okay. then you dismantle the system completely. Right, mm. you burn it to the ground. You sow the the ground with salt, and you trample on the ashes. Right, mm. awesome. It's a wonderful feeling. And so, um, when I was a professor at Butler University, uh, we saw that the prices of textbooks kept going up and up and up and up and up, and tuition kept going up and up and up, yeah. and none of it made any damn sense because we don't get any money. We write the books, we don't get any money. Um, and so I, I was a uh, director of e-international relations at the time. And I broached the idea of doing a crowdsource. So the, the best and brightest minds in the world, writing a chapter on what they are the best and the brightest at. And then we collected it and we gave it to the masses. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Robert, we're going to have to, um, yeah, we're going to do your show soon. So yeah, we're going to definitely do that. So, um, I really do this. We're not careful. This yeah. is going to be a um, two-hour yeah. podcast. But, you know, let's go ahead and start digging into it. You know, Senya, this is your platform, girl. You know, let it be known. Um, Just let them, let them know. Okay. Just let, the, let them know. Okay. Got it. So, I'm going to just follow up with 
something that he, uh, that Robert gave me. He was talking about like tear it all down or something to that effect. And we're going to go with, I'm going to start off with my experiences in Terre Haute. Um, a couple, mm. few weeks ago, a month or so ago, Frank, you made a mention about the parties coming together and we need to unite yeah. and, and like work together, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right, kumbaya. Right. Exactly. Um, right. A part of me said, yeah, a part yeah. of me saying it, but mm. part of me didn't feel that, but go ahead. Yes, that was cute. That was cute. That was cute. Look, okay, I know everybody was talking. I know a lot of these, not everybody, but a lot of these folks out here talking about make America great again. Uh-oh. Um, and Uh-oh. nobody has figured it out, especially since uh, um, the tragic uh, murder of George Floyd. Yeah, I went straight there. Um, that it, we're not trying to make America great again. It's time for y'all to rebuild. Mm. There we go. We're going to tear it all down. Um, you don't get to hurt people and then tell them how to heal. Mm. Uh, you you don't get to like start the fire and then they're like, okay, this is how you need to burn. This is how you react. Like, no, this is not how it works. Um, black folks, we got like two different sides of the family. You got that one educated kosher um we keep it above board side of the family where we're just like, we're, we're going to play by the rules. And you got that side of the family where the good side of the family is going through it. And we're like, yo, let me just call that crazy uncle Ray Ray. Uh, because like we about to get it in or whatever. Those are the ones mm-hmm. that are pretty much in the streets. Yet the ones that are actually burning out buildings and smashing windows look nothing like me. Um, I'm going to need folks to stop being honest in this season. Um, the only, the one thing I will say about Trump is that um, he is not only a dog whistle, but <laughs> he has been that orange highlighter. <laughs> that orange highlighter that has highlighted some ugly facts about this country Mm. that we've known about all this time and has not been addressed. So what you got a lot of what we're dealing with right now, especially today, um, is that you got a lot of folks that are dealing with PTSD. They got a lot of uh, hurt feelings um, and that has gone unaddressed. Mm-hmm. And they've kept it in for so long, they're exploding. And I'm here for all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't support the violence. I am destruction of my community. Um, I live on the south side of Chicago. Um, I can't go to the bank unless I drive to the south suburbs, which is about 30, 40 minutes away from me. Yeah. And my bank is open over there. Um, we have now in my area two grocery stores. Um, one of them being a major chain, Joel Osco, and the other one is mm-hmm. a small, privately owned business. But I already lived in a food desert. So when these folks came through, uh, they burned down family dollar. Like, why do you burn down a family dollar? You burn down family dollar. I have nothing left in my community, but I am not upset about it. I understand. And I need folks to understand what my people, my black and brown people are feeling and what they're dealing with right now. Uh, If you want this to resolve itself, um, you need to address the issue. You need to address the issue. So I'll take it back. I grew up in Terre Haute. 
my parents immigrated to the U.S. Um, from Sierra Leone, West Africa, Blood Diamond, Amistad. That's us. I actually lived there during uh, what would have been reflected in the movie uh, Blood Diamond. Um, we almost lost my sis- youngest sister, Kenya. And um, when we found her and some of my family members alive, um, my mom was like, get my children out of there. So we arrived back in the U.S. February 14th, 1994. So I joined her house south February of 1994. Prior mm-hmm. to that, I went to uh, Rio Grande Elementary. Um, I went to Otter Creek. Um, junior high school. Otter so Creek. I was on. Ooh. Yeah, I, mm, sir. Yes, sir. Go yes. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. It's your platform. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I went to Otter Creek. Yes, yes, yes. That was some interesting times. But I went to Otter Creek. Um, <laughs> during that time, my favorite teacher, Mr. Bailey, who inspired me, and I'm probably going to do it one day. I want to get my pilot's license. He was the most amazing man I had ever met. Uh, but during that time, I was homegirl, curl, porch monkey, um, all kinds of niggas. Uh, I'm sorry, N-word. Because, like, we got to make it kosher for everybody else to palate their own racism. Yeah, going. niggas. Uh, with a hard R. Um, I was picked on um, because my parents could afford Payless shoes. Um, I was picked on because my sisters and I are blacker than black, um, <laughs> and we still rocking it. Catch our billboard, Google us. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, um, we cute now. Um, beautiful females. We were I see, picked yeah. on by the blacks and the whites. We were, uh, mm-hmm. we were too proper for African Americans and too black for white folks. Um, uh, so anybody who thinks I was going to come out here and come for the white folks, <laughs> you don't know me. Colorism. Um, Colorism. <laughs> the worst. Yes. yes. Like, like uh, the first time I was ever called an African booty scratcher, it wasn't a white person. I'm sure it was not. Yeah. That's black. I'm sure. But then we're not ready for that kind of honesty yet. So oh, no. I'm them- always. I am always ready. <laughs> I am always ready. No, I I cannot stand it. I cannot stand colorism, period. They they just don't understand. So try being me with my parents. My my parents came to this country. Uh, My my uncle in particular, God rest his soul, passed away last year. came with change in his pocket. Mm. Barely speaking Mm -hmm. English and no actual connections here. Um, wash dishes my dad was a butler uh my parents did whatever they had to do raise my sisters and i in a three uh no a two-bedroom apartment in champaign illinois when mm. my parents were going to school um and my dad was a butler for the governor i believe it was a governor at that time um trying to take care of three girls um to come from that we literally grew up on government cheese you know the one that was in the oh, yeah. that's that's, the best that was a yeah. best. That was a best. Yeah. The best. And you got you got the the, the the gallons of juice too, right? In the glass and container. And a can of and a can and a white can of USDA pork. You already know. Oh, the, oh yeah. and then the peanut okay. butter. Yes. Don't forget the peanut butter. Oh yeah, the huge thing of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, like, see that's what we grew up on. <laughs> 
So to come from that mm-hmm. to now, and, and people get on me sometimes because they're like, you talk a lot about your sisters a lot because that's my life right there. Yes. What we're trying to accomplish together, that's my core of my village. So to come from that to now, we have an office in Chicago, actually two offices in Chicago. And we now, now have an office in Houston, Texas. And despite this pandemic, um, business has been beautiful. A lot of people being trapped in the houses with their spouses are realizing, oh, it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're calling on our office um, to come from the government cheese to where we're at right now. Um, God has been completely good to us. Um, and I am not complaining about the time I got choked out at Martin Luther King Elementary on the school bus by somebody because he didn't like my Payless shoes. Uh, everything I mm-hmm. went through was for a reason. And in that season, that was preparing us for where we're at today. Now, Google me is my response. Yeah, Google me. We yep. all work together, yep. but we all have our own individual. But the San Foray girls, we all work together for the Foray firm, but we all have our own individual businesses inside of the actual business. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about it. So shout out um, to all y'all haters, every bully, um, every teacher that dismissed us, that gave us a passing grade or whatever, just to get us through. Uh, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for you, the foray firm, the Sam Foray girls would not be here today. I'm good. Um, Terra Holt was a pill. <laughs> we talked about a, about a month or so ago and they were like, Frank, I didn't realize you had it so bad. I didn't know there was a hallway that black folks couldn't walk down. But he was your friend. Yeah. yeah. How <laughs> am I your friend? You don't know my experiences. Exactly. Yeah. How do you not know that, like, people walking behind me were knocking my books out of my hand mm. um, and were making fun of us? Like, Miss Hutter's room was our safe, was my safe zone. I went in there because everybody knew you weren't going to come in there and act stupid. You were always in there, too. Uh, you were always there. That's not just hear you talk Hutter, about this. Yes, I um, that was my safe zone. Wow. That was the one classroom I would go in, and I knew I wasn't going to fight. Mm. Um, that that was the teacher who actually saw me for me, Mr. Smith, Mr. Mooney, <laughs> with that one false tooth. That when he get excited talking about Pamela Anderson and tooth would pop out, he catch it on his lip and suck it back up. Yeah, on that Sarah Home. Yeah, um, like that was the one space that when I had my panic attacks and people didn't realize that I had a lot of panic attacks. um, I do remember. I remember now you're bringing a lot of things back. Yes, I do remember. And and, and Mrs. Cheeks, Mrs. Cheeks, between Miss Hutter and Mrs. Cheeks, that one room outside of just to the right of Miss Hutter's room is where I would go Mm -hmm. in there and I would call my counselor or call somebody who would come and pick me up because the bullying was so horrible. A lot of our classmates want to talk about, man, it was so fun and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm 40 years old. Yeah, I'm 40 40 years old. Let's just be honest at this point. Y'all were miserable back then. 
miserable people. I'm so glad that it was a phase, but you were miserable people back then. And the fact that you have the unmitigated audacity to ask me, what did we miss? And you were supposed to be your friend is the reason why I probably don't associate with you right now. Mm. (laughs) Um, I think it is the most insulting thing. And we're going straight in. It is the most insulting thing. Mm. Um, for a person to come to me with all the caucasity. Caucasity. Wow. What is that word? I caucasity. like caucasity. Like it's a cross between Caucasian and audacity. What the okay. hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> y'all y'all well you, you pulled a Shakespeare and invented a word that everyone needs. Wow. Yes. You come with yeah. all that caucasity. Like Amelia over here just laughing her butt off. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes. That's uh, I knew what you I meant thought, by that, and I don't know how. <laughs> I honestly thought the screen was frozen oh, because you have had the same look on your face for like the past 30 minutes. She's in awe of you. She's in awe. The screen that, is frozen. She's like this. No, she's in awe of you. That's what she does at face when she's in awe of you. Yeah, she's in awe. Go ahead. <laughs> the capacity of it all that y'all want to come to us to ask us for a resolution for a problem that we didn't create. Mm. <laughs> and I'll say that again. You guys need to stop. Not you guys. Not even you, Miss Amelia. I love you, baby. You take good care of my brother over here. I love you. Thank you. I'll ride with you all day, baby. <laughs> but some of your kinfolk. <laughs> no, you can't. Wait, wait. You can't call them her kinfolk. You got to call them her skin folk. It's a difference. Oh, it's a difference. Capacity skin folk. Oh, I love it. We learned all kinds of stuff today. Oh. I got some vocabulary. Skin folk have been out of order. You've been out of order for a minute. Um, Terra Hope taught me a lot. And, I, and I'm, I'm coming back to Terra Hope because I want to move past it and let Rob talk about his Terra Hope experiences because the reason why I wanted him to be on was because mm, not all skin folk are kin folk. His experiences, and I'll let him uh, elaborate on it, um, I could not understand. I get why I was bullied, but I could not understand why he was bullied. Mm. Um, I, I'll say it again. I get why my black African self was bullied. Why? But I cannot understand what the issue was with Rob. Even back then, I recognized your greatness. That I am very, honored. Very I am honored that after all these years, 20 some years now, that mm-hmm. I get to still call you my friend. Uh, and see you come on my post and, and and just be checking some folks. I'm just like, he does I don't need to educate yes. myself any further. I'm just going to let my friends speak for me yeah. because you come through with the heaters. Yes. You really, truly do. What it, uh, what ifisms or white isms or whatever you said. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what about it? Yeah. I almost threw my mm-hmm. phone behind that. What if this? <laughs> what is that? I loved it. Um, but a lot of folks need to understand when I left, I went to, uh, Wright State University for a year. Oh, she there? I uh-huh. just 
was. Oh no, senior. She got the upload problem. Yeah, senior. Ah, what's going on? As I was. Oh. School. Um, I never played any sports. I tried. I was embarrassing. Um, I'm still traumatized. Although I, um, I ended up getting a scholarship for basketball, bless their hearts, to um, St. Mary the Woods and West Terre Haute. And I remember when I signed with them, uh, part of my orientation, my solo orientation with my coach was, hey, because those of us of Terre Haute know about that bridge. Right? We know about that bridge. Oh, yeah. Literally, oh, yeah. Like people talk about that bridge between communities in yeah. Terre Haute. We there is literally a, a bridge uh, yes. um, going across the Wabash River um, that black folks knew not to cross. St. Mm. Mary's of Woods was about 10, 15 minutes deep, deep in the woods. Yep, yep behind that bridge and part of my orientation was that when i cross that bridge don't stop for gas don't do anything until you get into the comforts of the campus behind our gates mm-hmm. um some days i didn't drive to school so i would have to ride with a teammate and um her fiance worked at a welding shop um few minutes before the bridge. And so some days after practice, we would stop there so she could see him. I remember the first time that um, we stopped there, I was so nervous. I, I felt like somebody was wrapping a band around my chest. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, no, like, I just want you to take me back across the bridge. I don't care where you take me on the other side of the bridge. But once I cross that bridge, I know I'm okay-ish. Right. And so when I stepped out of the vehicle, there was nothing but a bunch of country boys. Mm-hmm. And when I stepped out of the vehicle, she walks up like it's nothing. And the guy saw me there and they pulled their shirts back. And you could see the pistols on their hips. And I was scared out of my mind. When they realized I was scared, they started laughing. They were like, we're just joking with you. It's all right. Come on in here. Blah, 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 blah. It's not funny to me. It was cute back then, but it to them, but it's not funny to me. It's not funny having a cop pull me over and try to hand me a gift card or um or ice cream cone or whatever. It's not funny. This is my life. This is literally all I know. So when I walked up and they pulled their shirts back to reveal that they had badges and they had guns, I literally thought I was gonna die that day. That was terror hope. The year before I started at Terre Haute South, I heard that they had thrown a noose into a group of black folks and they had separated the black folks into the gym. The white folks had the um, the classroom side of the school so that there wouldn't be fights. Mm. Uh, that was Terre Haute. Um, I still will say it. Everything I went through was with a reason and in its season. But I let's not pretend like that stuff is still not going on today. Mm. Mm. There's still a town. I forget. What's that town? You guys remember? What's that town? Um, the, where they had a sign and by now it's probably down, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still up where they said, if you're black, don't let the sun go down on your back. 
was it Effingham or wherever it was? Yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking it's, about. It was a, I, it was a, I, a drive-in movie theater. Um, I forgot where you talk. I know not the one on the north side. No, I know what you're talking about. But there, that literally was within the last 20 years. This is not something like mm-hmm. our grandparents dealt with. This was something that was up while we were still in terror. And it literally mm-hmm. said, if you're black, don't let the sun go down on your back. Like some towns have, welcome to Sunshineville. <laughs> this sign was like, if we catch you at the sundown, mm. you it. Mm. And mm. that was the mentality. And that was what we dealt with growing up in Terra Hope. So to hear somebody and see somebody ask you about like, well, there was a hallway that you guys couldn't walk down. And well, Frank, wait a minute. You had a girlfriend who was white and she called you N word. And wait a minute. Like, when did this all happen? But you were my friend. No, this didn't happen in high school. This was happening um, as I got older, like when I was living in Texas. So what I was saying is though. Oh, Frank, what part of Texas? Uh, that's, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna put it on the spot, but it was. Um, it was Texas. It was, it was Texas. It, it was it was south of Dallas. It's, te- it, it's south of Dallas. Look, <laughs> Texas. I'm from, south, I'm from south of Dallas, which is why I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I know, I know. South, okay, so, I know. So, south of Dallas, um, north of Houston. That's all, and 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 um, east of San Antonio. Don't go no further. Uh, I'm from I'm from around there. <laughs> okay. Around both parts. Austin, okay. Colleen, what we working with? No, no, no. We'll just leave it alone because I'm just I'm just leaving it like that. You know, <laughs> we'll talk off air though for sure. All right, all right. But see, my question is this: so, uh huh, um, growing up, you know, and based on um, just talk about you know, just talk about race and stuff. You mentioned that you knew why they bully you and made fun of you, but you don't understand why they made fun of bully Robert. Why will you make that comment? How you, I mean, why will you say that about yourself? Why, why, you know, they picked on you. I say that now. I mean, like, you know, uh, having that kid come up behind me and start trying to choke me out, um, on the school bus and nobody came to my aid. Um, yeah, I knew I was bullied then. Um, my parents, we come from a very studious family. Um, we were never late for school, um, staying in line. Of course, I, I would get there, especially when my apartment was across the street from the bus stop. Yeah, I would get there before other kids or whatever. And because I got there first, this one kid out of 10 kids in line, uh, other kids in line, my book bag needed to be kicked out of line repeatedly. Uh, by this young man that was taller than me. And uh, next, you know, we were in a fisticuff and here comes my parents uh, coming across the street, hearing their African accent, my mother waving my daddy's belt that he was trying to put on to get dressed to go to work, coming to defend their daughter, but they had been watching it from the beginning. Mm. Um, I knew I was going to be targeted. People made it very clear uh, coming from a poor ish family because my childhood was rich. Right. Don't get it twisted. I hear you. I hear you. 
my childhood was rich financially we my parents made sacrifices we weren't poor my parents made sacrifices um and but my childhood was rich but i knew why people target i knew why people were targeting me i didn't understand why i needed to be that person um and why I was the focus of their anger. I get it now, but I didn't understand then. But then you look at Robert and like, you're the quintessential cisgender white guy. Like you a white boy. Like, like you get angry, you turn red, you get sick, you turn gray. You a white boy. <laughs> you a white boy. Like I could not understand why like you went through some of the experiences that you went through and it angered me even back then i recognized it it angered me frank you were the football guy as far as those folks were concerned you were one of the good ones but you know i but i got ridiculed mm-hmm. because i ain't gonna, and we ain't gonna name no names please don't but i was not I, i'll I, try not to yeah i'll please but i was not your um <laughs> I was not your typical jock though that trying to hang with that in crowd. You know what I'm saying? I you will see me down the hallway playing hacky sack with you know or yep. or I will go hang out with the um with the dude yep. the, the purple lipstick and the long trench coat kind of kids. You know what I'm saying? I basically you, thought you were hanging out in Miss Hutter's room too. Exactly. You enjoyed the popcorn exactly. and the soda pop. Exactly the pop. You know. <laughs> so you know I'm I didn't look at myself as that top jock you know what i'm saying or that top dude i would like to be everybody you know i want to be part of the crowd i don't want to stand out i want to be inside the right. crowd. you know but this is not enough of, this is not about me this is all about you you know this is your subject this is your platform i'm intrigued you know i know there's you're building up to a story and i, I don't want to throw you off gear no, no, i you know? i want rob i need i need folks to understand because yeah. i need folks to understand like we can talk about race and all this stuff and it's important Especially when you're dealing with a society and we're like, well, police shoot on our white folks too, but right. we're still three times more likely to have a fatal encounter with police officers. But I still have friends like Robert and I need folks to understand some of y'all would just, y'all were just bullies and I need folks to understand <laughs> his story. So Rob, hit me with it, please. I I mean, so we'll go we'll go back back to kind of hit this. And I will say that the reason I got bullied is that I uh I tried to reach beyond what people were going to allow me to strive for. Mm-hmm. And so and so like um one of my one of my first memories about knowing that things were different, probably just different was my brother, he had a bed that had uh, springs on it, right? But my, my mom couldn't afford that for me, and so I just had a piece of plywood. And so um, we were playing around, and we were jumping off of uh, furniture and onto the beds and stuff like that. And, um, and I knew it was weird because when my brother jumped on my bed, it broke, surprise, surprise, and there was no money to get another sheet of plywood. It just was the way. Um, and then when I got to uh, Farrington Grove as a, as a kid, I knew I was poor um, when people were talking about having different kinds of shoes for different things. 
and they had brown shoes called Eastlands, right? And those were those were your good shoes. They weren't your t- they weren't your tennis shoes or your sneakers. And I only had one pair of sneakers because that was that was it. That's what you got. Um, and so I remember saying, all I want is a pair of brown shoes. Wouldn't that be grand? Wow. <laughs> and it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and so. And so it was interesting because when I was growing up, um, I used to hang out with Daryl Washington a lot. Yes. And I was there when he was called the N word. And that was my first time hearing someone call someone that. And I'm like, he's eight. What? Right. Like, yeah, eight years old. <laughs> we were walking to the station break on. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, heading oh, head, heading north in Farrington Grove. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we were just going to go and get like some candy bars or whatever. And, um, and someone called him that when we walked in to like pay them money to get candy. And I was like, why? Mm. Um, and so, so I was a kid, I was a poor kid who hung out with a black kid. And so that's a strike, right? I didn't dress, uh, appropriately. That was a strike. And so when I went to fifth grade, I got uh, accepted into the uh, advanced and talented program, but I rejected it because I wanted to be normal, right? I wanted to hang out with that and I got bored. Um, and so when we get to seventh grade in, at Sarah Scott, um, I was just doing my thing. You finally had, uh, it, you finally started to, to get this tranching where people who were in advanced classes never, ever, 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 ever saw normal kids <laughs> and it was weird it was weird um but i remember uh i don't know if you know this frank this is this is interesting uh we got the the top 10 students in seventh grade got called in and got reamed by our teachers for bullying the rest of the class for not being smart enough what and it was Devin Crispin and James <laughs> Gosnell and Jason Floyd and everybody. Jason. And oh, wow. the only the only the only teacher who didn't tear us a new asshole was Mr. Gosnell. Right. Wow. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I don't know why you're doing this. You guys are all whatever. And so I realized I'm like, I'm like, something's here. And it's because we are smart wow. that we're getting torn down. And so you fast forward two years to go to high school and I didn't see anyone from Sarah Scott ever again, not in class. Really? Right. To be, oh yeah. To be in the AP program or the, the highly advanced track, you had to come from Honey Creek or you had to come from Woodrow Wilson. And then there was me. Yeah. Wow. And so I remember freshman year, uh, Mrs. Flowers was holding a conversation about why kids who grew up poor or anyone who had received some kind of uh, uh, welfare or financial assistance should be shot into the sun. What? Shit you not. And this was one of your teachers was saying this? Ninth, ninth grade AP uh, English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still teach English over around there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same school? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Terre Haute. This is Terre Haute. This is Terre Haute. Uh, this Terre Haute. Is why I and said I wanted you on because you 
can give the same, you can relate and you mm -hmm. can give the same experiences. This is not an isolated black experience. Like if you didn't fit in, like that right. just made your life miserable in Terre Haute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like, and so my brother got by by sacrificing me to the bullies. And so he would make sure they knew my routes and stuff like that so they could pick on me. Wow. To prevent them from picking on him. Mm hmm. No oh, love. Wow. There's blood is not mm. thicker than water around those parts. Mm. Just saying. It's, I mean, it, everyone, everyone has their path, right? And like Sonia said, God gives you what you can take. Mm. Right. And so, um, and mm. so I, I couldn't do the football thing, um, because parents weren't, or mom and aunt weren't supportive. And so, um, I threw myself into all of these academic competitions and stuff like that and did all of them. And, uh, and I remember in 12th grade, Mrs. Kramer, um, she was going to fail me. I got a negative 30 something on a paper because I made the same mistake a lot, uh, which was a comma splice. And so she docked me a certain number of points for each time I did it and basically just failed me and failed me and failed me until it came time for the AP test. And I got a five and doesn't get better than five. And so she had to give me an A for the class because what was she going to say? I didn't know English. Whoa. Whoa. And yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I look back at South and I look back at my time there as, as being one where I realized that where I came from was not allowed to be where I was at, you know, People from Sarah Scott were too poor. They were allowed to play ball, and that was it. Yep, that's true. Wow. And and it's sad, right? Because I I I always wondered why is it that we couldn't have our our people who were very bright mm -hmm. make it. Mm. Mm. But it wasn't going to happen. That's oh my god. That that's a lot. Yeah. Oh. That's, you know, that's why he's here. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm floored right now. You know, just that. That's why. That's why I. That's why I wanted him to be here to share his experiences. Um, mm. When, when, and and that's why I responded to your your acquaintance. I don't know if it's a, it was a friend, but your acquaintance, and he was like. Like, well, Frank, I didn't know you went through all this in high school. Like, what do you tell me about that hallway that you guys couldn't walk down? Tell me about this. Like, well, Cynthia, you don't have to be so mean. Like, I'm just trying to ask, <laughs> I'm trying to understand now. Again, um, they did it to him, they did it to me, and it was way worse. Like, I'm 40 years old and I see a police car going about their business behind me. And I don't even realize to this day that sometimes I hold my breath because my greatest fear is when those lights come on. Like, are you following me or are you trying to go somewhere or whatever? Like, 
how can you call yourself a friend and you don't even know how miserable and unhappy I was uh, during that time. Um, and to compound the situation, uh, I've always known that I was gay. And I know y'all are waiting for this one. I know some folks who were at Stallings and all of them were waiting for this one. Um, I always knew I was gay. I, I tried to pray it away. Uh, I tried to date it away. Um, it just didn't happen. This was just, I knew I was gay the first time I saw Janet Jackson. And that Come on. Come on. Everybody like that. Oh, Come no, on. Look. Look, look, I'm going to approach it like, uh, like, uh, uh, what's her name that just came out officially, the brat. And she was like, I'm we coming knew. out now. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> because knew. I'm tired of keeping it a secret. Yeah. And this was my face. What? <laughs> See, right. I never saw you as anything but gay. Right. right. Like, <laughs> when you gay. came out with those little ponytails exactly. and such, those little plaits, <laughs> you, you was out. You was out at that point. With the saggy jeans and the boxers and the whole like sweetheart, right? That lipstick did not help you. That <laughs> lipstick did not change your demeanor. Look, her closet was made out of glass windows. Okay, <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop playing with me. Stop. I was looking. I was me. looking. I was like, yeah, you like you were my. I had no idea she was until 2020 that she was in whatever glass window with cameras from every angle closet. Right. Um, right. She was on Big whatever. Brother. On Big Brother. But I get, I get, I get what she's saying because even though I have been me all my life, um, and I would caution. Anybody, don't call it a lifestyle. A lifestyle you can change. This is who I am. Um, the the experiencing that in a town like Terre Haute, on top of being black and being poor, being raised in a church, uh, the adopted granddaughter of a Kojic bishop, a presiding Kojic bishop, my father also being a reverend, uh, my mother being also a missionary, um, growing up in the church, Assemblies of God Church in Terre Haute, walking into church and you could just feel the whole atmosphere of the service shift once they started coming to the same realization that I was struggling with. Uh, we could be talking about God created heavens and earth and, and, and he created Adam and Eve, not Adam not and Steve. Adam and Steve. Look, that, that, like, but you weren't even going to be preaching about homosexuality or whatever. And having these folks come at me, like when I say the level of depression that I was under, um, living in Terre Haute, as a black gay woman being raised in a church and an African woman at that, um, culturally that was an ex acceptable thing. Um, I officially, and officially I say that term loosely, didn't come out until four years ago when I had that discussion with my parents. And the reason why I had that discussion with my parents was because um, I was at my youngest cousin's wedding and and I, her wedding was so beautiful. And I saw the vows between her husband 
and herself. And I'm like, I can't give my parents that. Mm. I want that. I want that beauty. I want that marriage. I want that connection. Um, but I'm not going to be able to do that. And my heart broke. Several shots of Patron later. <laughs> I'm a bubbling mess. I completely fractured. Uh, lost. I, I lost my keys. I actually had put my keys on a shelf um, so I wouldn't lose them. Thankfully, um, I didn't know. I couldn't remember where I placed them on the shelf in the kitchen um, because I was in no kitchen to drive. And I rode home with my sisters and I was a crying mess that entire night. When we get home, I needed to walk the block and I punched the fence and I picked the worst part of the fence <laughs> to punch. I punched a fence post and I punched it and I learned, I remember I was like, ow. And that was it. And I walked back to the house. They said I cried. I remember crying, falling asleep. They said I cried when I was, while I was sleeping, I woke up crying. Um, and nobody else really knows the story, like except for my family that was there at the time. I I cried. Uh, remember crying when I woke up. I'm holding my wrist, and I went and knocked on my parents' door, and I said, "I'm ready to go to the hospital." Um, this was again in four years, so 2016. Uh, I had moved back from Texas, and I realized I had moved to Texas. Um, not to be free, but to hide from who I was. So at 36, I'm still trying to come to terms with who I am. Um, I had systematically seen people being driven from my church because they had shown some effeminate personalities or traits uh, or associated with the gays. I had friends that were told by their parents not to associate me, with me because they thought I was gay or they knew I was gay. I still didn't know at that time that I was gay or hadn't embraced who I was at that time. Um, so in to what, 2016, I punched the fence post. I said, ow, went to sleep, woke up, went to the hospital. And I cried the entire time there, almost checked myself into a, a, the psych ward of the hospital. And all the nurses wanted to do was to give me a hug. And I was like, no, wow. I don't deserve love. I'm about to break my parents' hearts. Mm. Um, it still tugs at my heart right now. Because I literally, for 36 years, lived in fear as an African child, first-generation African child. I was so afraid that I would have to give up my culture uh, and my family because we weren't about that life. Um, this church firmly preached against it. Um, the fact that my father uh, was so rooted my parents were so rooted and grounded in this church, I think is the only reason why I wasn't driven out, but mm. I was miserable. So I'm black, I'm poor, I'm African, and I'm gay. Oh Lord. I, I was ready to give up the ghost at that point. Mm. Um, 2016, I ended up leaving Texas because my family wanted me to come closer to home moved to Chicago, and it was time to face who I was. Um, that's the fence post incident and all that. Um, 
And it turns out I was completely wrong in that time that I was going through the process and trying to find myself and come to terms with myself, um, with who I am. Because I was out there. I was out there at the stadium at Indiana State preaching at the uh, protesters, screaming at, not preaching, but screaming at the protesters about uh, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and repeating that over and over again, because that's what I knew. I was regurgitating the hate that was taught to me and ingrained in me, um, not realizing that, like, this is me. And, and you need to embrace it. So the anger I was unleashing on everybody else uh, was in response to uh, the reflection that was given back to me. And that's the one thing that I learned as an adult, that when people hate on you, when people treat you poorly, what they are responding to is not um, what they dislike about you, is about what you are reflecting back to them. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That's deep, though. That's it is. Deep. It's it's real. It's real. What I am, what I was responding to, wasn't the fact that you were gay. It was because of the fact that I knew, and I was struggling as a child, that I was also gay, and I was trying to pray away, hate it away, fight it away, all that stuff. So it doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're gay. What I have learned based off my own behaviors, that my attitude and my reaction to other people wasn't about what they were doing. It was what they were reflecting back to me and how they made me feel in the presence of them. So at 36, I had to come to terms with it. And I honestly... Since I came out of my own proverbial closet, um, I am unapologetically Black. I am unapologetically Christian. I am unapologetically gay. Uh, And I've always been outspoken all my life. Um, My sisters and I are very outspoken. Masa was part of that OAP process. And I remember her... Um, sitting in the class and I had no idea for about a week or so that um, who was the baseball coach? Don't uh, say a name. Uh, 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 but a base, we're not going to say a name. We're not going to say a name. But no the names. baseball coach uh, taught the AP class that Masa was in. And mm-hmm. for an entire week, she was all kinds of uh, porch monkeys and African this, that, and B words and N words and all this stuff. And Masa, anybody who knows Masa, Masa is a very um, reserved. Uh, she carries herself well. No, 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 she's not reserved because you push her, she'll let you know what time it is. But Masa carries herself well. And that day she snapped. And I remember I was outside of a math class and somebody ran up to me and said, Masa just went to the dean's office. She got into a fight. But everybody knew me as the gorilla of the sisters. So I'm <laughs> running down the hallway to find out where my little sister is at. And I run into the dean's office and the guy that was on the soccer team who uh, was catching the wrath of Masa's frustration 
uh, was sitting outside and Masa was in the classroom with the office with the dean. And at the same time, I'm checking the kid. Uh, Masa was in the office checking the dean. And she was like, if I get in trouble, I am going to go to every black church. I'm going to post signs in every black neighborhood about what I've been dealing with for the past week and how you guys did not respond. I'm going to let them know what happened in this school this past week. I, in turn, was at the same time letting the guy know because he was playing, he played soccer. I played soccer. Um, and I was like, no, if my sister gets in trouble, I'm going to catch you on the soccer field. I'm going to run you down. Nobody could check me at that point because I look for my family. I'll lay all, all others down. Take that to the cross. So let me ask you this, senior. You, What's that? you keep saying you're unapologetic and you mentioned unapologetic Christian. Mm-hmm. Why why you say you're unapologetic Christian? What is it about that? I would say the reason why I say unapologetically Christian is that I am not going to go through life sitting there saying, um, I'm sorry. Hey, Robert, I know it's, huh? getting, I know it's getting late your time, Robert. Trust me. It's almost midnight. If you need to sign off seriously. No, no, no it's, it's, it's no, it's, it's all good. I actually, uh, um, this over the weekend, I was moving a lot of things through our yes. crawl space, which is only three feet high. Yes. And I re-injured my back. So I just have to keep, keep wiggling. Well, get up, walk, all good. Yeah, get up, walk around because this is only, re- um, this is only audio recording. Look, so. You see me walking around. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you're getting late though, let me know, Robert, because I think this is going to be like a five part. No, it's all good. This is going to be like a five no, part. It's, it's, <laughs> You're gonna have to like trip this, right? Yeah, this is gonna be like a five part series, so it's all good. <laughs> but um No, this is this is this is this is phenomenal. Yep. And I think uh to, to to piggyback on what Senu was saying, it's it's very interesting to me that all of the people who were bullied in the Vigo County School Corporation system, especially at South, mm-hmm. nothing was done. Right. Nobody, nobody, say cared. that again. Nobody did anything. And that's why there was, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Frank. There was this big racial fight in the hallway when we were in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade at Sarah Scott. And it happened and punches were thrown. And then, like, we all went to lunch. And <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. And, and there were, there were, there were racial tensions, uh, and and some I think I think there were some explosions I may have missed um, uh, at South as well, and like the crazy thing is that nobody did a fucking thing. You're talking about the most cowardly adults in the face of the planet. Just everything will be fine. And and um, and how uh, I put this. I think it's indicative of the fact that when you look at who was running uh, the school corporation, right? You're talking about Danny Tanuse, who, <laughs> surprise, surprise, corrupt as fuck, right? Dwayne Sherman, who eventually gets caught with kitty porn, right? Um, you're talking about people this is Terre Haute, who like, are, he's telling the oh yeah, he's Man, telling who are enjoying the look on my face. <laughs> this is how bad Terre Haute is. Terre Haute, when oh, the, yeah. 
When the mayor's wife and we, got in with the weatherman, we all knew it. That's right. That's right. And the funny thing is, we had it better <laughs> than North like, nope. did. Like, uh, we we had the good high school when we were there. Yeah, we did. Right? Terre Haute North was a shit show. And, 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 and it's, I mean, they would say differently. Good. They would say differently. But South was the best. But we got sit in at South. Oh my God! It was, uh, it, it was West it Side was, High, baby. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay. We got to the end. We got to the end. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, <laughs> like when you when you look at it, right? It's who was really catered to. It was the rich people. Period. Right. All the people who were uh, uh, leading the things that were going to take you places were all from Honey Creek, all from Wilson, every time, without without yeah. hesitation. Right. You would get you could be pretty. You could be on homecoming court. Right. If you went to uh, a poor school. Right. If you could play ball, then you would get people talking about how great you were only when it came to playing ball. Right. That's correct. You are correct. And and this is this is what really gets into, I think, the identity feature that we've kind of hemmed in on. You say you're unapologetically black unapologetically female, unapologetically Christian, uh, unapologetically gay, right? You are a complex, precious human being, and there's only one of you, right? You are unique, right? You have a dignity that is personal, and you are irreplaceable. I love you, man. But so many, so many people, and I think South was indicative of this, are absolute cowards. And instead of dealing with people as people, as individuals, as uniquely situated in position in time and space, you are pigeonholed, right? You're going to be considered a certain thing archetypically, right? You'll be forced into a square or round hole depending, and that's how you're treated, and you right? Think- your value is commensurate with your identities, and you get nothing more than that. And do you feel like that kind of could pertain to individuals outside of like in life in general? I think, I think that, uh, it can, um, this is, this is where it gets kind of sad. If you look at a bell curve, a standard bell curve, right? There is an average, right? And so the average right now in our country of tolerance and acceptance pretty fucking low mm-hmm. right people want normal and normal for every person is what they are and that's stupid mm-hmm. my in-laws my in-laws talk about uh or at least did when when we first got together 10 years ago we talk about oh well that that person they're so great they're so humble they're just a regular person i'm like that person's a multimillionaire. Right. Who's going, who's going to jail for tax fraud, right. Or embezzlement or something like that. And you're talking about how great they are. Mm-hmm. Right. The fucking scumbag. <laughs> right. Regular person. Yeah. Regular people aren't like that. Right. right. You have, you have to come from a certain class of citizen in order to, to embezzle multi millions of dollars. Right. And yeah. Good and so, and so, <laughs> and it's not just Terre Haute though. I mean, like yeah. my, my in-laws and, and they have grown and they are good people, but they, 
they live in Knoxville, right? And so they have used the term those people to refer to poor people, to brown people, to black people, to name whatever you want to call, mm. right? Not them, mm. Mm. right? And and so it is it is incumbent upon me to when I hear that to say, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Right? And, and not <laughs> gotta break that cycle. I'm kind of and that's that's like, oh, yeah. that's your task. Your task is to break that cycle for them. And that is amazing because if you don't, it will stem down to your children. And nobody oh, and that's wants not that. gonna happen. No, 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 no. Right. Because I, I grew up and I, I was I was uh, relieved of the uh, the illusion that I was better than anybody. I am better than no person. Right. Mm-hmm. But I have strengths mm-hmm. and I should use those strengths in order to help myself and other people get ahead. We rise and we fall together. Mm. And the moment you think that you're going to get higher by keep, keeping somebody else down, you're an idiot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have one of those in in office, but you know, I'm not going to even, yeah, I'm not even going to bring that up. That's a whole nother. Let's let's talk about that. Right. Because he's, he's supposedly a businessman. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, but if you look at it, you look at his businesses, they all fail and they all fail for the same reason. Right. He wants to be richer than everyone else. Right. He has people do work for him. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't pay him. Right. He uses the bully pulpit of wealth in order to uh, to pressure people to cave. And that's what wealth really is, right? In a system of laws, it allows you to outlast people who have less money than you, right? And so the only way to bully that kind of bully is with more money. And nobody gives a shit, so they're not taking them to task, mm. Right. But so now, now here we are with coronavirus. Now we are with a depression. Now we are with everything going, you know, um, off the rails. But he can't get out of out of his own way, right? Because if he were to sit there and say, "Look, you know, underwriting all of the mortgages, all of the rents, we're paying people a living wage. Nobody's allowed to be fired, right?" And and if he were just to do things that were politically expedient, he would be elected in a landslide, right? Even though he's a complete horrible person. <laughs> But he can't do that because because he doesn't want people to rise up. He wants to keep them down, right? But what makes people what makes things go in an economy is people with money, yep. right? Right. I want everyone I know to make a phenomenal wage, right? To do very well yeah. because then if I have a service that I'm trying to render, they will have the money to pay me. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. You can't get paid when you're dealing with people who are broke. You're right. Right. <laughs> Ooh, so let, let, let me dig, a, let me dig a little bit of what you said. You said mm-hmm. the bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. The bully pulpit. Think about that. Think about the comparison mm-hmm. that it is that it's giving for people that are in the church also. Mm-hmm. And it's so mm-hmm. it's so eye-opening when you hear the bully pulpit. The fact that you can use bully and pulpit in the same space creates so much church hurt. Mm. And that church hurt, church hurt is worse than family hurt sometimes because that church Mm -hmm. hurt, you can't get rid of it. It just sticks with you like 
shit on like stank on shit. So it's just like ah. <laughs> well, it's you're you're absolutely right because when when you get in trouble at church, right? They you're they're messing with your existence, right? Not just mm. in your corporeal form, right? But with your eternity, right? Yes, and they're not telling you that you're bad, right? Because if you do something at school and you're like, oh, you hit someone, that's bad, right? Church is telling you you're evil. Right. right, you are absolute going- evil. The absolute negative, right? And um, and so that's one of the reasons. This is going to sound silly. That's one of the reasons why I converted to my family. Uh, uh, was it uh, my family thing of Catholicism? Because I knew that all of the priests were absolutely corrupt, mm. or or at least a fairly decent chunk of them. And so you don't have to listen to them. You can hear them. You can respect them. And then when they talk nonsense, you just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that makes sense. Wow. But do you still go through the redundancy of going to church? Mm. Going to a I actually like church. Right? It's cuz cuz they they tell you that Jesus did these things, right? And and um, What did Jesus do? It was what magic. Jesus do? Right? Uh-oh. Right, he yes. walked on water. He he converted he converted water into wine. Jesus was he was a mensch. He was a great guy. He was free, freaking he was like, awesome. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, yeah, yeah. But nobody <laughs> nobody actually deals with Jesus as he was. It's always as this image of what they'd rather he would be, yeah. right, and what they would represent, right. And they get him matched okay. up with with God the Father, who is righteous fury and anger, right? Zeus Almighty zapping people and burning bushes, right? Okay. Jesus isn't like he's like he's like bring me the horse. I want to hang out with them, right? The poor people, the criminals, the stuff like that, everyone's good. Who did he piss off? He pissed off the Pharisees, which were the, the religious overclass who got wealthy by basically uh, extorting poor people to pay as much as they could when they made the trek to, to Jerusalem, right? He pissed off the Romans. He pissed off all the people who were powerful. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Right? Because if we really do rise and fall together, then you have to say, where are the lowest of the lows and how do we elevate them? How do we get that floor up? Right? How do we, how do we move the bell curve? Right? Because you're not saying you don't want rich people. You're just saying that we don't want dirt, poor desperation. Right? right? And so when you, when you get into ideas about who the criminal element is, Desperate people become criminal, right? Absolutely. And and I mean, there's a there's a, a whole uh, play about this. What Les Misérables, right? Guy who needed bread stole some bread and then went to jail for forever for it, right? And in the end, it's what flour, water, and yeast. Why? Mm. But mm. that's 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 what happens, right? So you look at now and and to, to take this way back. Right, people get uh, SNAP, or they get uh, um, forms of welfare in order to help them escape poverty. Right, and it's the middle class and the wealthy who bitch and moan and can't stand the fact that people get to eat. Right, and so I say, let's go back to the days of government cheese. Right, but let's put some actual community organizers in charge of what is it that you get? There's no reason to get powdered milk in a land that produces more dairy than is necessary. Right. We got people making all kinds of cheese. Let's make that happen. Right. 
let's not do high fructose corn syrup. There's enough bees out there. There's honey for all, mm. right? Give people actual food, mm. Mm. right? If that's, if that's the thing, do it. Make sure those kids can eat. I love it. Right. But that's the problem is, is now they're like, oh, but that's so much harder than simply like zapping ones and zeros at their cards. <laughs> you know, in and school, so, think about that, it though. In schools now, like in schools with, with kids and their lunches, like if a kid is mm-hmm. on reduced lunch, it's because their mm-hmm. parents are above the poverty line, right? And the poverty poverty line is what, 28,000 for a family of like three, maybe, or four. So mm-hmm. your parents are barely above that. Yeah. So they can't afford necessarily to give you money for lunch. So these kids are going to school all day. And if they don't have money for lunch or they don't have anything on their account, you're giving them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a and a thing of milk. And then you expect for these mm. kids to behave. You expect for these kids to perform. You expect for these kids to be their best selves. These kids are starving. So it's oh, yeah. like, what are you doing? And then like, I mean, and people would rather, people would rather donate like those goods that you're referencing, like the government cheese, the milk, you know, the, I still enjoy the peanut butter because it was the best cookies ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the cheese. I'm on the cheese. That, that was the grilled cheese. cheese. The grilled cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It never melted though. Wow. But anyway, that's, that's, no, that's, 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 that's the whole point of it. Yeah. We're so off topic. I think, we I think are this so... gets into it, right? Yeah. Is, is that um, when you talk about free and reduced lunch, right? I remember when, I thought that I was on free lunch. They bumped us up to reduced and I didn't have my 40 cents and they're like, you can't, you can't eat for 40 cents. Right. Yeah. And that, that is what kids are dealing with. They're still dealing with that. Absolutely. And, and so then the question becomes, is you, you had mentioned people want to donate. Right. And so I'm going to say something you guys will probably not like, but fuck donations and fuck the idea that people are going to have private citizens bankroll the absolute bare necessities for citizens, right? That is what taxation is for, right? I make very good money, tax me, right? Make that happen, feed those kids, because what I don't want is for someone who has been giving to be like, I just don't feel like it today. Mm. 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 That's a good one. Right? That's because because it, is, it. it is shown that, that the generosity of the upper classes is something that you have to cater to. You have to be a supplicant for, you have to say, Oh, but if we, without you, we would be terrible. And you put these people on a pedestal and they're already higher above you. Right. Right. They don't need it except that they want to be able to say, Oh, well, we did this and we did this and we did this and you owe us for this and that. And no, 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 no. You don't make any money when people don't work for you. You're right. Right. You didn't create a thing. The person that you pay money to created that thing. The patent should have gone to them. Wow! Right? You don't pull the you don't pull the levers. You don't make the widgets. Mm. And so, am I saying that you shouldn't have people who uh, run businesses? No, you absolutely should. But don't deify these people. Right? People are not successful just because they have money. Sometimes people who are successful get money, but it's not guaranteed. Damn. Wow. You know what, guys? You guys are hitting. We're an hour and 40 in. 
I knew this was going to happen. We're not even know we're, we're not even know we're on a surface. And I seen you guys, but I'm everything. I know, but and you know, there's so much to talk about, and I can only do maybe two hours worth of editing and fixing and all that. And I'm gonna, yeah. I mean, this, I mean, my goodness, we have so much we need to talk about. Check this out. Let's do one. We're gonna do last statement. I want you to finish mm-hmm. off where you're going to talk about the church, senior. Then we're going to get offline. I knew we're, you were going to go there. That's the one you want to go to. You know why? I want to leave people hanging so they can think, damn. Then we're going to make plans. And then we're going to make plans to get back together. I know my wife is tired because I see the baby face up here hitting her. The baby hands hitting her in her face. Miss Smith. Miss Smith, I know you're tired, Miss Smith. I mean, hell, what time is out there where you at right now? We honor you, Miss Smith. You're holding it down. I'm in San Okay, so it's so eleven twenty. It's eleven thirty. What time is me? Yeah, and Rob, man, it's ten thirty our time. Okay. Oh so, yeah. no, we're good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I still got an hour in me. But hey, but I know she don't. Yeah, and then I see Rob and Rob. Smith. It's eleven thirty with um, it's eleven thirty where Rob at. So, but you guys are great, you know. But I want you to hit on that subject right there. To leave um, let people know, okay. and then after that. We're gonna sit back and we're gonna have to uh, schedule once a week meeting, Miss um, Precious. We definitely, like, I literally have been writing my notes uh, already. No, we're not gonna touch this one. <laughs> we're gonna do this next show because I feel there's a next show coming out of this. Because um, uh, all so, because we I, for some reason I have this Christian base that is starting to follow me now. Back. Yeah, they're starting to follow me right now, and I understand what Sunday was um, Stallings and he bring that. Here. Yeah, so if you can. Um, touch on what, okay. you, what were you going to say before we cut you off <clears throat> okay so let me see if i can tap it to okay okay so here's where it's at i know that we have plans that and i even got an inbox from one of our childhood friends they were like i can't wait to hear you talk about homosexuality <laughs> in the church or just the church in general yeah. um my sister and I, my sorrow over here, has we uh, we dealt with the whole church and the brainwashing, and I was like, "Yo, you gotta be on because I'm gonna talk about this." <laughs> next, you know, she's on the show, and now she's gonna be on the show next week. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is bananas. She's gonna be regular, yes. <laughs> um, I, and I am not ashamed. Like, I I did not cuss at all. It's like amazing. I am so proud of myself. <laughs> you see how God works. But anyways, to t- sum it up, because I we've been doing this for now two hours now. Um, I know there's some topics, or in this in in particular, this topic, homosexuality in the church, um, that folks have been waiting for me to talk on. Uh, we're not going to get into it today, uh, per se, but I will say this for those who have been hanging on and were waiting to see what I was going to say about this. I'm going to need you all to keep on hanging on. Um, I definitely, and you could inbox me. Um, you can text me if you have my number. Um, whatever you need to get you through until we, I get an opportunity to address this. Hear me, hear me well. Um, for every single person that will hear your podcast today, even though we're not going to go into it today, uh, for those who need something to carry them through, um, you were created with a purpose 
for a reason and in a season. Uh, God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. Um, anybody, and I hope, <laughs> I double dog dare you. If you want to debate with me or challenge me on this, um, I'm going to give you some tips so that you're ready because you, you got a favor today. You got a favor today. Um, God favors you because of the fact that we didn't get into this topic. And honestly, this topic uh, deserves its own time. Um, because we're talking about real people in real lives and people who are tithing, people who are praying their gay away like I did back in the day, uh, people who are sitting in pews of churches and they're dying while living. Mm. We're talking about black folks are sitting in churches. Yes. Sitting in churches and pews of pastors that are preaching over them and not addressing black lives matter. You're getting pastors who are comfortable taking your money, but they're not addressing the issues that are keeping you living. So granted, I know there are some folks that we're looking forward to us speaking on this today. Today is not the day. We definitely will dive deep into this. I mean, like feelings deep up to your Adam's apple. I'm going to hit you in the uh, frontal lobe. I'm going to give you all your feels in this moment. Um, and if you want to prepare yourself for this, I will hit you where it counts. Um, I can take <laughs> down your beliefs in, I think, four points. One, Sodom and Gomorrah had nothing to do with homosexuality. That whole strange fest. Flesh, throw that out the window. Strange flesh was that the angels that came to earth were trying to get with the like the human girls, and they were like, Yo, we're here, it's fun, y'all lit, let's get it in. And he was like, No, you need to be set apart, but y'all here acting like commoners. And he was like, mm, Yeah, no, it's not gonna work with me. Lot at that time also was like, Yo, I got this angry mob of people knocking at my door, and like. I need them to go away. So folks want to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed over homosexuality. That's a lie because when that mob was at his door, there was more than one. That means there was some man and some woman out there getting it in and they had children. Uh, and when Lot realized that he had these most precious angels that needed to be protected at all costs, he was like, I'll give you whatever you want if you just stop beating on my door and stop being so angry. So he offered this homosexual crowd his daughters. Oh. Oh. oh that, yeah. So, yeah. that right today and hoping that we were going to talk about homosexuality in the church, we've had so much fun today. The five of us have had so much fun today. No, we're not going to hit this topic because when I hit it, I'm going to hit it hard, baby. <laughs> That's the <laughs> right one because I'm trying to figure out what did Lot see back then that the church is not ready to prepare, uh, prepare to speak about now. Because he had this homosexual crowd that wanted to like sleep with these male angels and he offered them his daughters and not his sons. So until you're ready to speak on what Lot saw back then that you're not ready to preach about now, um, we have nothing to speak on. On top of it, 
if you decide if you want to come for me on that next episode that clearly we're going to talk about, if you want to come for me and you're going to preach and condemn me out of the King James version of the Bible, I'm going to need you to do better than that. Because the first thing I'm going to ask you is, does your Bible include First and Second Timothy? And you're going to say, yes, of course. And I'm going to be like, but how does that work if it was written after the ascension of Christ? First and Second Timothy are false texts. They were written to keep women in a place in the church because they had an issue with female prophets and female preachers and ministers in the church. First and Second Timothy had nothing to do with Christ because he was already gone, gone. He dropped it. He told Mary, go out, let them know I've risen. I'm not even here. I'm good. And, and, and he was gone. And first and second Timothy boop, popped up. I'm going to need you to know, I, I, I understand where your confusion is coming from because you don't even understand that the King James version was written by a whole queen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> King James had a whole three lovers and we'll definitely talk about that in the next version but his greatest love of all loves was the Duke of Buckingham yeah you heard right the Duke of Buckingham Palace you know where the whole queen lives the Duke had great loves children by many women but he had three loves, male documented lovers in his life. But his greatest love was the Duke of Buckingham. You can Google it. Make sure you Google that. Google me. Make sure you come on my Facebook page um, because I need you to know who you're coming for when you come for me. And we're going to stop I right there. because research. We're going to cut it right there because <laughs> that was an hour and 50 minutes. That was excellent. You know what? Thank you, Mr. O'Prisco. Mr. Dr. Robert. Dr. Del Oprisco, PhD. Uh, A firecracker school teacher, I can see in her eyes, Miss Precious Smith. (laughs) Woo. I'm glad I'm not (laughs) your class. Woo wee. Um, Sam, Senya, you know, girl, you, your sisters, I'm proud of y'all. You know, I really am proud of you guys. I am so effing proud of y'all. Thank you. You're strong. You taught me, all you guys taught me a lot tonight. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Besides Pete Anderson um podcast about biracial kids, this one probably my favorite right here. Mm-hmm. You know, this one this is this by far is my favorite. This is this hits, you know. So my my crew gonna have to step it up now and um and um we and we still got some reserve yes, in the tank. I know y'all do. And here's the thing though is I like the heavy hitter week. I want y'all part of this crew. If I can borrow your guys' time, let me in your lives. Amelia and I will love it because, I mean, her face looks like it's stuck right now. You know, she's just an odd. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I just scared baby. That's yeah. Sis. yeah, you know. I so, am. yeah. And then, uh, Miss Smith, we would like to have you on the women's show next week where I just don't say nothing but do all the production, make sure all the sounds good. So maybe we can um, exchange information later and afterwards, you know, or just, you know, sometime before next week. If that's cool with you. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Um, Absolutely. Hey. Okay, sound good. Hey, y'all have a good night. Hey, I love you guys. Real talk. Y'all family. We're part of this. This is a platform for all you guys. If y'all have any more, any friends out there that would like to get on and talk, please bring them this way. You know, let, this is a chain. We're all in this together. Let's make something happen out of this. You know, let's get our voice out there. 
we had twelve hundred people already download, and I only been on the air for three weeks now. Twelve hundred people, awesome. twelve hundred downloads. It's crazy. Frankie, Frankie. Yes, you, you keep doling out all the compliments, sir. But I'm just keeping it real, though. You know what I'm saying? Because, sir, but no, 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 no. You I'm, are giving look, look, look. Every look. day, people who are just trying to coexist and trying to be good decent people in the world. I'm not looking at the politicians. They did. I'm looking at everyday average people who are just trying to do extraordinary things. This opportunity would not have happened if it wasn't for you, man. Hey, I appreciate it. I salute you. Hey, I appreciate That's it. That's right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know what? Thank you guys, Ben, um, Frank. Now, make sure you hit us on the gram. You know how y'all young kids say it at gram. Like I said, back in the day, that gram was cocaine or weed to me. So, um, yeah. So, make sure you hit us on the gram at Ben underscore Frank underscore now 911. Um, hit us on Gmail at Ben Frank now 911 at gmail.com or hit us on the Facebook page at Ben Frank now. Feel free to send a message. Hey, like I said, we love you guys. We're family. Take care of each other and we out.